Yes, welcome back, and I uh, hope you're enjoying the show so far. We're on a ball, uh, but it's time now for Search and Enjoy. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the desert, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. And Benny, so far this year, it's been rather relaxing uh, holidays. Uh, North Coast, of course, going to Italy, various places there. Today we go to Papua New Guinea, an incredible place. Today we're going to PNG, which is obviously one of Australia's bordering countries, and it is it is easily one of the wildest places I've ever been. Uh, it's unlike anywhere else in the world. It's it's an incredible. Well, you, it, you've been there. Joey's is. been there. Well, it's, it is. It's it, wild. It was. Lo- it's been locked away. If you look at. Um, like they, there's a book called The Short History of the World, yep. and it says, it talks about that. They said, if you want to know how you know, people lived sometimes, you know, thousands of years ago, they said Papua New Guinea is the place because it is so remote, and it's one of the few places in the world that has been locked up. Yeah, well, put it this way, you know, you used to be able to walk from Europe all the way down almost to Australia, but mm, never be good, able to go to Papua good, New Guinea. That's a good walk. That's, that's a good that's walk. A solid walk. That's a lot of steps. That's, that, that's a that's lot says, of steps. That says one thing for me, chafe. Yeah. <laughs> and, yes. the, and, you know, and like, you know, Bleeding the, it's, it's one of the things about that country, like in parts of that area, in uh, that of the country, rural border areas with West Papua, like there are still tribes in there yeah. that still live a very, well, very, you know, hunter-gatherer lifestyle. And, you know, there well, are stories of cannibalism still well, and ben, things like that for, for, you know, spirituality in that area. Well, Ben, that... Uh, Michael Ware had that, that, um, doc had that documentary Ware. and he went in there and they said the fastest growing religion, if you like, in Papua New Guinea now is witchcraft. Yeah. It's a huge Oof. problem. What? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a huge issue. Okay, Benny, so you did the Kokoda track. Yeah, so my, my experience in, in PNG is obviously Kokoda track. We did it with Fox Sports um, in 2017, uh, which was quite like you know physically mentally spiritually it was it's a incredible uh, thing to do if you're a you know young australian but i tell you what trekking with fletch and hindy and um, a few others Prof- oh, professor james Rochford. james james Rochford was there, there which, plenty of tears plenty of tears walking with him is like walking with a in in jungle was like walking with a baby giraffe with two broken legs gotcha <laughs> Gotcha. He, I'm picturing that. metaphor. Like some, some dragging people, by its neck. Some people are built, are built for the bush, are built for adventure. He is not one of them. Okay, let's rate 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 them out of ten. Okay, firstly, Heine's performance. Well, Heine went into a like he was playing a game, and he goes into this mental state where no one you can't get to him, no one talked to him. Uh, but he was he was strong. Carries packed the whole way. I reckon Heine's probably a, a nine out of ten. Okay, Fletch. Fletch, funny he, guy. Fletch, Fletch started off re- really well. Again, he was carrying his pack. They thought, yeah, let's carry our packs like the diggers did. Um, and uh, Fletch lasted doing that for two hours. Mm. Uh, the, the first full day of walking, Fletch crumbled. Mm. He lost his pack and gained four porters basically to assist him. Yeah. Yes, it was. Watching him, watching him at one point where he has a breakdown, he looked like Troy McClure. Off the Simpsons, it was like, uh, it was just bizarre. Mate, the, the first, the first, and I and I and I get it. Like it's up and down mountains in some pretty hard bush, mm. uh, heat, humidity. But Brian Fletcher was a disgrace, mm. an embarrassment to, you know, yeah. the roosters. 
to the Rabbitohs, to, to the his show. family, to Bondi, to to you. Yeah. Are we I'm, just doing this segment to bag Fletch? Mate, yeah, you yeah, should. Yeah, yeah. No, you should have seen him. It, oh, like, bad. He, Embarrassing. Oh, mate. Yeah, good on your Fletch, he yeah. was whinging like a little schoolgirl. Get me back to Bondi. Get me back to Bondi. <laughs> Before Joey talks about Joey talk about going there and 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 playing there because rugby league is a national sport. It's just fanaticism. Mm. Um, we went there mid two thousands. Myself and Chief and um, Paddy and Sterlow, oil search took us there. So we started off in Port Moresby, and, of course, they drive you. They pick you up in an armed vehicle, yep. machine guns, drive you straight to the compound now because, you know, Port Moresby, in places, it's almost lawless. It's, yeah. you know, so do not, dangerous. Do not leave the hotel. Don't leave the hotel. And then we went in, hopped in a jet, took us to the Highlands, then hopped in a Black Hawk helicopter and took us to the, remote part, uh, the most remote part there, mm. which was you go and meet the Huli, the Huli yep. Warriors. yep. And mate, it, it was it was incredible. Like you, to give you an idea what it's like, you got young kids coming out of the jungles, literally with pythons around their neck. Neck that's their staple diet, and you just look and go, my god, it, it was just absolutely incredible. But they built their own rugby league field. And you got they've got the post there, and they play every day. And that and that's the thing, the the rugby league. Um, the love of rugby league in Papua New Guinea is unbelievable. Like well, you'd be walking, mm. you'd be walking along Kakoda Track, and out of nowhere, out of out of the jungle, people will run and go, "Oh, Nathan Hindmarsh," and Heinies there, they they love Heine, they love the paramedics, they wanted photos, and then they just disappear, disappear back into the jungle. Well, and yeah. their village will be there, but we heard like people walking six hours one way. Yep. To watch State of Origin, yes. and then that night in the dark, they'd walk six hours well, back. Because the oil companies, right, and they're dealing, you know, with the tribes there. One, mm. one of the things they did when negotiating, when you, when you're flying into these remote regions, out of nowhere, it's like driving picture theatre, like these huge screens. I said to the guy, "What is it?" And he said, "Mate, they're mm. the screens that have in different places have people walk and watch Friday Night Football." Saturday, Super Saturday, all that. He said they get all the rugby league. He said people sometimes will walk for a day and a half to go and watch the State of Origin, go back, and then go back to watch the Friday night There's game. a massive push, mainly from Anthony Albanese, for this 18th team to be in Papua New Guinea, how it works logistically. A lot of them are talking about basing the team in Cairns, fly in, fly out. Yeah. Whether it happens or not, I'd whether love the to board, see it happen. It'd be a great yeah. story. Representing Pacifica. Yeah. It'd be a great story. And we can like, call them the Papua New Guinea Pythons. Perfect. But the thing is, they've got money. Like Andrew Hill, yeah. who was at the NRL for years, used to be the Bulldog CEO. He's been charged by the Papua New Guinea government to basically try and get serious yes, about I this know. stuff. And they're trying to not get too public about it. But Albanese <clears throat> is big because of China's influence, mm-hmm. growing influence in the region. Also, like the social benefits of, of having rugby That's, league. But yeah. Volandis will push hard for the federal government. If there's going to be a team in PNG and they're going to have to pay for a lot yeah. of it. Well, that's what the, the word coming around is the government's about to agree to do it between that and the oil money there. and But, I mean, how big a – the thing about it, the attraction is not just, you know, have a representative from Pacifica that represents that region. Is How many times in sport can you actually change a whole country? Yeah. Mm. It's fortunes, and that's what the game can do. Joey playing there. Frightening, terrifying. When we played up there, my first time, PNG, was the first time I'd ever been overseas. I made a – schoolboy rep team and we went up there and under 15 so i was 14 and we got billeted out yeah <laughs> oh, what well, i got billeted out with expats but some of the some of the some of the guys 14 got uh, billeted out and we're living in like a village sleeping on the floor eating 
traditional food. Fantastic. That is, that's a, that's a great really experience, good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Python. But we're playing men, 14. And honestly, my balls hadn't dropped down, so I was tiny. <laughs> oh, don't hit me too hard. Oh, hey, talk about terrifying. And then playing there with Australia, I think I've played there twice. We played them, and the opening kickoff, they kicked off, and Shane Webke charged, and I reckon it was like flies to a turd. I reckon about 10 of them just launched at him. And then Gordy <laughs> hit it up next, and this, what's his name, Stanley Jean? Yeah, Stanley yeah, Jean, yeah. Jean, Stanley, yeah. Stanley Legend. Jean hit Gordon and spear-tackled him head first into the ground. And they asked Stanley June in the press after it, and he said, yeah, it was like t- tackling a little piece of paper. Totally <laughs> sick. <Spear-tackling laughs> oh, but honestly, man. it's never been hit so hard in your life. And and they're all the same. They're all the same size, 5'9", 5'10", 95, 100 yeah. kilo, yeah. and they are just like granite. Imagine like being a Santa and coming up and you're – that week you're playing Justin Olin. You just every night you just sitting there going, Mate, right, even worse, get yourself ready. Even worse, one of the games I had to play hooker. That was in the mid nineties. And I went to pack into the scrum and remember Paul Osborne who played yeah, for yeah. this bloke's head, head was bigger than Aussie's. That big. I just went first scrum, I said, We'll swap. No head bunning. No head bunning. I'm a lover, <laughs> not a fighter. And a very good one at that. Remember every week, Joe, you get letters. From Papua New Guinea, because what the schools were doing there is an incentive to learn English and read and write. They'd say, "Righto, when you do that, you can write to your favourite NRL player." And it always comes to the same. It be always the same thing. Uh, Hello, Mr. Johns. How are you? Uh, just letting you know my uncle is very cruel. He gives me no money. Can I get your Australian jerseys? <laughs> but I um, might have only got two. Sorry, I can't. Talk, <laughs> speak to Joey. Talk, talk about uh, not leaving the hotel. So we in the hotel and we had the whole floor. So on the the entrance to the, the hotel. It was two, sh- two security guards with shotguns. The elevator, same thing. And then the elevator on our floor, there was a guy with a pump-action shotgun. Local guys. So anyway, I'm having a snooze this day. We all had our own room. And I just felt the presence in my room. And I wake up. And there's the security guard with the pump-action shotgun lying down next to me. He's eating my mini bar, my peanuts. He's going, pointing, going, movies. Movies. Trying to get the movies on the TV. The pump-action shotgun was right next to me. Oh, and then me and myself and Andrew Walker, Andrew Walker, the jewel, yeah, yeah. we decided to go for a beer somewhere and we sort of disappeared. Oh. We went to this pub sort of shack and we are just on the drink. We'd been on the drink all day. Oh, that Heavy. 24 hours was the best week of your life. And uh, <laughs> honestly, at one stage, Unc, Andrew Walker hits me, he goes, look outside. And we turn around. I reckon there was three and 400 people just staring. So we went outside and got on the boodle nut with them and had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> I had to come home and get yeah. new teeth. I had that much. You know, they chew the boodle nut and yeah, the line yeah, and get all the red, red teeth. Yeah. Yeah. We How got back it? to the How hotel and Buzz was like, where have you blokes been? We're like, oh, nowhere. <laughs> Our mouths are just all red. <laughs> well, I know. On that note, on boodle, mate, you, whenever you hear boodle nut, you know it's trying to wind it up. <laughs> I know. Uh, we'll take a break. Our tips are coming up a little bit later.